Coach, first of all, obviously it's the offseason for Bates football right now, but I'm, I know the coaches are hard on the recruiting trail. How's that been going in general? We're very excited about our upcoming recruiting class. Uh, still waiting on some commitments from some guys, but we're very, very excited. Uh, really more excited about the guys that are here right now. That, that's the core of our, our football program, and uh, we've got a lot of guys back that played a lot of ball this year, and they're, doing, they're working their tails off and doing a real good job in the offseason and expect some big things in the fall. Outstanding. Skip, more uh... – more lifting, plyos, what kind of things are you working on the offseason? Basically, we have two, two phases of our program. The first phase, obviously, is, is the, the lifting phase, uh, Olympic lifts. We got a, a, uh, Coach Tino Lopes does a great job in our weight room, uh, fires our guys up. And then we also have a running conditioning program uh, a couple of days a week where they're doing agility drills, a lot of football-related type drills, without, you know, obviously without pads to get our guys in outstanding physical condition. Now, are you allowed to have uh, spring football? There is no spring practice uh, in in Division Three. There is in the NESCAC. There is not. not. So to have actual practices, uh, that does not happen in our league. One thing that you do that I find interesting: you actually spend a lot of time uh, refereeing local high school basketball games. We broadcast a lot of high school basketball games on our sister station, 96.9 Ox Country. We do Oxford Hills games. Tell us about some of your experiences refing, you know, throughout your career and this season in particular. We, we would have yelled at you, by the way, if we saw you on the, uh, on David, the floor. David, I've heard you yell at me many, many times. <laughs> to me, it's a, it's a nice change in the wintertime uh, to be able to give back to the community. To gain. I, I love basketball. Uh, not, not with quite the same passion as football, but it's unique. It's different for me. Um, getting an opportunity to interact with coaches and players in a much different manner than you would as, as, as a coach. Uh, obviously, working with officials is certainly a great thing, and uh, just have has never had a bad experience refereeing. It's always a blast. Get a chance to go out and give your best effort every night, uh, and help. Obviously, without without referees, there would not be games. So we just go out and try to do the best we can. I saw a great tweet the other night. Uh, I was there with Matty B, and call, he called the uh, Levitt boys at Oxford Hills, yep. and. Uh, he said afterwards, and Wyatt got hurt uh, during the game, had to come out uh, pretty much the whole third period. But he said afterwards, he tweeted, you know, the outcome wasn't what we wanted, but what we had was fantastic sportsmanship, two teams really working hard to try to win, but no ill feeling, hugs afterwards, uh, crowd was into it. You know, that, I mean, I'm, I'm sure you feel the same way. That's what high school sports are for me. That's what... That's what you want it to be. That's what you hope it's going to be. Absolutely. I mean, that, that to see two evenly matched teams just getting after each other, whether it's boys or girls, coaches, you know, working their tails off. Uh, there's going to be some collisions. There's going to be kids on the floor scrambling for loose balls, those kinds of things, helping each other up. Uh, you know, the stuff that you see on TV, you don't see at the high school level here, you know, as far as some of the jarring back and forth. And it's just good, hard, clean, athletic competition. And it's, it just it really makes you feel good when you sit back and after the game you go work a game the other night with a good friend of mine, Jerry Norton. We look back, we kind of fist bump You know, we had no income, no oh, didn't impact the game at all. Sure. The kids played, the coaches coached, we refereed, everybody, you know, both teams got after it. And as, a, as an official, that's what you want. You know, you just want to get out there and, and, and just get after it the best you can and, and, and obviously try to have some fun. Skip, no, I know like you don't have enough else to do. Uh, you're also <laughs> helping to plan football, high school football clinics, well, middle school through high school, and maybe even some youth. Tell us about what, what's upcoming for that. Yeah, if you have, people haven't figured out, you know, football is a passion of mine. Uh, <laughs> what, you, you know, what you see when you see me is, is all because of the great, my opinion, the greatest game ever invented. And I feel like I owe the game a, a great debt 
learned that at a young age, and that's just something that I, I grew up with. Had some great mentors growing up, uh, whether it was high school and college, even when I first started coaching, and had an opportunity about 30-some years ago to start a, a clinic that we felt needed along with the Maine Football Coach Association. And it's just a passion that I have and some way of giving back and also a way of bringing football together in Maine. Uh, the date is March 15th. Yeah. It's going to be held at the Hilton Garden in, in Auburn, uh, expecting uh, youth coaches all the way up through, through the collegiate level. Uh, all Maine colleges are going to be represented. We've got some guys coming back to Maine. Uh, it's amazing the, the love that people have for football in Maine, that they, they, they may start here, they leave, and they want to come back. I have guys that actually – text me or yell at me over the phone how uh, come you didn't invite me this year you just don't have enough room uh, i think one of the unique aspects of this year's clinic is we're going to highlight eight-man football uh something is it's, it's on the horizon probably starting next year uh i i look at it as a real positive a ways of, of reinvigorating football in the state with some some programs that are struggling a little bit and if we can do something from the coach association uh to help that along along with me we're also planning another clinic in april that's going to specifically deal with eight-man football to give guys, you know, bring in guys that are actually doing it now and give their coaching points, practice practice plans, drill progressions, those kinds of things. The bottom line is it's still football. You still have to block. You still have to tackle. You'll get three less people on the field, but it's still, it's still a great game. And, and I look at it as a, as, a, as a vehicle for teams maybe that are struggling a little bit to eventually get back and be able to play 11-man football. Well, you were telling us off the air how um, you've had some guys at Bates who played like six-man football in high school. So eight-man, there's still a lot of potential to play college, even if you aren't playing the full 11-11, right? Absolutely. If you're a good football player, coaches are going to find you. Uh, you know, the, the, the vehicles now with social media and those kinds of things. Uh, schools like Bates uh, that are such a high-end academic schools, kids will seek us out. Bottom line, if you can, if you can play, whether it's six-man, or 11 man, if you're, if you're a player, you'll find a place to continue with the college level. Absolutely. I, I got to say, going back to the Bates Clinic um, that you guys all ran, well, it was, I'm not sure it's called the Bates Clinic. I don't remember exactly what the name of it was, but my son went from seventh grade through senior year and loved every, he couldn't wait for it to get there. It was kind of like a precursor to sure. preseason. He learned a lot about football because he never played yeah. any youth football. He started in middle school, and, and really that was his first experience was there even before the middle school season started. We had a pretty started. good run for about 15 years, uh, you know, try to, try to fill the void in this area. A lot of schools weren't doing a lot in the summertime, and between myself and guys like Chris Kempton, Daryl Weiss, and guys that were on our staff that really love, number one, love the game, but also love football in Maine, uh, would give up a lot of time to make sure that happened, and it, it was it was a blast. It really was. And now a lot of schools, like all the all the area schools, are doing their own thing now, which is fine. So we've kind of take we've kind of taken a step back. We'll be doing some more things on on the field uh, with Coach Hall coming in. He's he's adamant mm. about us making an impact in not only the Lewis and Auburn area but statewide. Sure. So we're reaching out and doing a lot of things, whether it's uh, actual hands-on clinics with kids and coaches. Talking, I'm doing a bunch of stuff now with the recruiting process, going and visiting with uh, different schools. Just talk, because that, that landscape has changed dramatically in the last 15 years or 20 years. A lot of things, are, it's just different. And there's a lot of misinformation out there because of things like social media and different websites that just spew things that, quite frankly, aren't true. Sure. And uh, there are vehicles. I mean, I, my college experience was the best ever. I mean, you got a chance to, to compete with guys and girls 
that have a passion for the game. At, at this level, whether it's at Bates or Alabama, yeah. it doesn't matter. Sure. You, if you survive and be successful, you have to have a passion for what you do. And you have to surround yourself with those kinds of people. Uh, we've got a bunch of guys in our football program. I don't care whether you're talking about the track program, basketball. Those people love what they're doing. Yeah. And uh, I, I, I want to do anything I can to encourage kids in Maine to go on to the college level. I mean, uh, we are remote. There's no question. There's a lot of schools between there and here. But there are ways that you can allow yourself to be seen, allow yourself to be evaluated, and have an opportunity, if you really want to, to play, to play at the next level. Well, with the huddle techniques, you know, the, the software, kids can get a, a, a highlight film together really quickly now to be able to send anywhere a kid that's playing to Maine. Yeah, I mean, for us, it, it's, I mean, you know, I'm, a, I'm a techno dinosaur, but I can choose my phone, and a kid sends me an email in March with a huddle link. I can look at it right then and make an immediate evaluation. Sure. I mean, either he's a, yeah, we want to continue, or no, he's a, you got to look someplace else. You know, more often than not, we'll keep the process going, but you got an idea right then as opposed to it wasn't all that long ago. You know, Coach, Coach Smith, can you send me a v, VHS tape? Yeah. Which takes like, you know, weeks to weeks get there. Weeks to get there. And, you know, and I can remember doing that as a high school coach, trying to make multiple copies to send out to all kinds sure. of schools for all my guys. And uh, now it's like the kids can do it on their own. And it really made our job. A lot more efficient. I won't say easier, but much more efficient. You talked about um, Coach Hall being adamant about being out in the community. He, he has all these sayings. One of them is leave a paw print, right? Leave Absolutely. a paw print on everything. And that's the philosophy the whole coaching staff seems to be following, right? Yeah, there's no question about it. We are totally committed. Uh, you know, Malik is, is, is an outstanding man. Uh, people say I, I, I wouldn't have stayed if he, if he wasn't. And uh, he is just totally committed to making an impact on not only Lewis and Auburn, but the state. But in, you know, in particular, you know, with football, and we got our guys going out to some of the local schools and doing a lot of unique things you don't always see at the college level, and it's all because of his leadership. And you know, I think it's, it's going it to just make it everything that much better for our program and for Lewis and Auburn in general. I got a good clinic story for you. Knowing it's coming up at the Hilton. The last time I went, I had gotten out of coaching. We started doing this, and uh, so I went over to see how Haley was doing. He was at the desk signing people in and whatever. And, Next thing I knew, in the corner, after everybody's checked in, Gabby Price, Jack Cosgrove, Haley, and I, you know how much I love to talk, right? I couldn't get a word in edgewise. <laughs> I had to practically put my hand up and say, can I speak now? Those guys, especially when uh, Gabby's there. Yeah. He's got that nickname for a reason. Yeah, it's, uh, they, they were going right out, talking about football. Absolutely. And telling stories about things that they'd seen and done and, it, it was fantastic. If I if I never went into clinic session, yeah. that would have been enough for me. It was great. Well, Gabby, of course, recently stepped down from his position at Huston. Did you he often did. run into him on the recruiting trail and stuff like we that? We did at times. Yeah. Gabby and I, uh, I met Gabby in 1983 when he was the coach at Bangor, mm -hmm. and I was the I was the coach at Lewiston. And early on, he taught me a couple of lessons. <laughs> uh, he's one of those guys that, that really forced me to be a better coach mm. because if you weren't on top of your game, Bangor could put up 40 in a heartbeat. But he was just a class act from day one. Uh, we made a really close relationship, even after he left high school coaching, and in particular when he was at Husson. You know, we had a lot, a lot of JV games together and yeah. uh, would run to each other in the offseason. Just a class act. And you know, the game lost a great one. You know, just, um, he's hard to replace. But I'm also happy. He's, hopefully he's going to enjoy his retirement and get away from, get away from the field for, for a little bit anyways. But he's a really, really classy guy. And I'm going to miss him. 
We are live right now at Gridiron Restaurant here in Lewiston on the B-List on the new 105.5 Sports. And we've got Coach Skip Capone from Bates College with us. Uh, my name is Aaron Morse, Coach Dave Wing with us as well. And, of course, uh, Coach Capone, um, I know this weekend, obviously, the Super Bowl, uh, that's, a, that's a big deal this Sunday. And, of course, people can watch it here at, at Gridiron. They've got some special to tell you about later. But tell us about, you know, your thoughts on this matchup coming up. Well, first of all, it's a, it's, if, if you're a football coach or a football person, it's a holiday. Yeah, <laughs> you know, and I, I'm a firm believer that. And I, it's funny, Coach Hall mentioned it. We have Monday off. Uh -huh. I probably shouldn't tell everybody that, but no. <laughs> he basically said we're going to. Guys are going to enjoy the Super Bowl. It is a holiday. It's, it's the, it's the, the pinnacle of our game. Yeah. You know, and I and again, it's just an amazing day, and it, it's, it's. I mean, I can remember aging myself now, sitting down and watching the first Super Bowl. Uh, my parents didn't have a whole lot. And my aunt and uncle had a, a color television set. Oh, boy. And that was pretty unique back in the day. I say that now, and the kids look at me like, I'm okay, Coach, really? <laughs> I got color on my, on my phone. And I went over watching that first game with the Packers, and I think it was the Kansas City Chiefs. Yes. And just going, oh, my God. And it was just, I mean, I remember seeing a game stub. Tickets were like 10 bucks, And now it's like, uh, someone mentioned last night, I think the cheapest seat in Atlanta is like $3,000. But it's, it's, a, it's a great day, a great event. Uh, obviously, with a with a local team involved again, uh, that's pretty impressive. I mean, there was a stat on. I think I was watching one of the, the programs the other night that Bill Belichick has coached in 23 percent of all Super Bowls as I mean, an assistant and as a head coach. Oh, I see. Wow. Right, exactly. Right, just, I mean, yeah. that's a. If you think about it, isn't it? That number's crazy. We and, uh, we looked at uh, Manny and I looked one time who's been in Super Bowls and who hasn't. I tell you what, there's a lot of teams that have never been there. Hey, sh shout out to the NESCAC because Bill Belichick is a product of the NESCAC. That's absolutely. right. That's, uh, that's the connection there, yeah, right? Played, played at Wesleyan, absolutely. Yep. Yep. We, you know, we actually got uh, Shane Waldron for the Rams played at played Tufts. Oh, yeah. okay. And so he, he brings another unique connection uh, to the game. I remember Shane as a player and as a coach down there, really good guy. But it, it, it's pretty amazing uh, the success they've had in New England. And it should, should be a great event on Sunday. Who do you got? Who do you think is going to win? 27-20, the Patriots. Okay. All right. I like that. You notice, I like that no pick. hesitation. No, no hesitation. No, didn't back up at all either. Not a problem. I'm all surprised about who roots for who, but I assume you're a big Patriots fan or? I, I mean, I'm very unique. Okay. Let's uh, tell Let's Again, hear a, a child of the 60s. Okay. Remember, the Patriots were just starting them. Right. Boston Patriots. So the Patriots, only team man. that was on television were the New York Giants. Ah. And my dad, uh, you know, that's what, that's what we watched on Sundays. Yeah. And so I, I was for the long, longest time a Giants fan. Okay. I mean, those two Super Bowls with the Giants and the Patriots, I, I couldn't lose. Uh, and ironically, my son, who's now 35, <laughs> he's a Giants fan as well. Okay, so Giants. Uh, yeah, okay. But, uh, but there's no question I've developed a real affinity and a love for the New England Patriots over the last 25 years or so. And obviously with Coach Belichick, uh, they've had a, I mean, an extraordinary amount of success. And uh, – so you can't so – it's win-win for me. I, I told kind of the same story yeah. of being a Giants fan because that's all there was. And uh, when Parsons came, because the Giants had a lot of dark days there for a while. Matter of fact, I complained. I said they make enough money off TV and, and uh, ticket sales. They don't have to be good. They're going to make their money anyway. That was, uh, that's when they weren't very good, so I was complaining. <laughs> but uh, when Parsons and Belichick came – I became much more of a coach watcher than even even the players, even though I loved the game, watching the games. And uh, 
suddenly they come to New England. I'd been a New England fan anyway, you know, when they're not playing the Giants and that kind of thing. And then when my kids were little, they Giants, what are those? You know, <laughs> for the Patriots. And so Absolutely. between the coaches coming over and my kids uh, really cheering for the Patriots, it was pretty easy for me to shift over. So I've been the Patriots fan a long time also. Coach, you mentioned um, some of the focuses in the offseason and whatnot. How has that changed, if at all, for you over your time at Bates, you know, from when you started to now in terms of what you're doing, you know, to get ready for the following season? It, it really it hasn't changed. Actually, it's become a lot more efficient with the, with, with the new technology that we have. You know, when I first started at Bates, we were still using VHS tapes having to make multiple yeah, copies. Right. and hard. It was much more challenging to make cut-ups and things like that now. I mean, literally, as soon as the season's over, you know, our young guys get on the, you know, get on the computer and boom, it's done. As we have an opportunity to go through all that uh, you know, relatively quickly, uh, get an opportunity to, to, to exchange information with a lot of other programs, a lot of stuff out there that we can get access to and get some ideas and those types of things. Awesome. You know, yeah, I think that, uh, you know, when you look at what are the opportunities for a kid, uh, yeah, I've made no secret. My daughter played a couple sports at a at a NESCAC school, yeah. and uh, yeah, I was always worried about Aaron <laughs> academics. You know, this is about academics too. You know, as much as I love sports, yeah. and but you know what, kids that come there know how to do this. Absolutely. And I I said for a long time when when parents would say to me, "Gee, should they play this in high school? Should they play more than one sport?" And I always said, "Absolutely." Then they don't get sports specific injuries yeah. and whatever. It keeps them competitive. But when kids are playing sports, they're much more organized. They don't hang around and say, oh, i got plenty of time to do that. No, they're on it because they know they don't have that kind of time because they're practicing and playing in games, traveling, whatever. Same thing in college. I think she felt i got to lot this kind of time for this, and that's it. And I think at our level, or any the collegiate level, I believe there's more potential downtime for kids than there is even when they're in high school. Sure. Because you get, you get a student who goes to school at 7.30, tied up in school until 2.30, you know, as opposed to a college schedule where on Monday, Wednesday, and Friday they might have class at 9 and 11. Same, same thing on Tuesday and Thursday. There's a lot of <coughs> opportunities to, to, to get caught up on your education, to do the things you need to do. Well, and I said that uh, you take a kid in high school that does that 7.30 to 2.30, and then they practice in the sport. Sometimes they have to hang around school. Then they got to run the late bus home. Yep. When I was at Noble High School, we had kids routinely would get on the bus before 6 o'clock in the morning and get home after 7.30 at night. Oh, no question. Depending on when their team had practice yep. that week. I'm thinking, wow, that's a lot different than a kid that lives in Portland and they can yep. see the school from their house, no you know. Question. I mean, it, it's dramatically well, different. I talked about that for many years with, with Teddy Mosher when he was a well, – he's, still, he's a sure. principal now at, at uh, Oxford Hills. At yeah. Oxford Hills, but he was – one of the guys that broke in with me was also the head coach at Oxford Hills for a number of years. And going some of the, the, the issues that I never even dreamed of, he had to deal with on a daily basis just during preseason practice. Oh, he can't you know, get them in there. Sure. They literally had to stay all day. Some kids lived as many as 25 or 30 miles away. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's definitely challenging. That's one of Mike Hathaway started doing that when he came to Levitt. He took a look at, I mean, I live in Green, and I'm, I'm more than 10 miles away from school. Yep. And he said, it's crazy to try to get the freshmen back and forth. We're going to bring a lunch. We're going to find some shade in between. We'll have a couple of walkthroughs. They're there all day, and Absolutely. then they go home. Coach, you mentioned earlier that social media can have a lot of misleading things or outright false things. 
You're on social media, though. You're active on it. Uh, how do you utilize it in your coaching? You can follow Skip Capone, by the way, at CoachCap77. Very good follow. Um, you, do, you do tweet uh, freak, quite frequently, I think. And so how do you kind of utilize it within coaching or outside of it also? Well, limitedly in terms of recruiting. We really can't reach out to, to, our, right, to, to right. any of our recruits. But certainly I can put things out about our program. Yeah. Just thoughts that you – know, share thoughts that – that I've, that, that, that things that come to mind, sayings and things like that. I'm a big quote guy. Yeah. So I like to like, just shoot some of those. When I get a feeling, I just. Do you and Malik just trade there. quotes all day? No. I hate to admit he's got me by a little bit. Could, could you start writing them down and posting them? Because we'd like <laughs> to use it. them. I get on a roll sometimes. But it's just, it's just a way of reaching out. thought will come into my head. Yeah. You know, like the other day I, I mentioned, um, talking about every time I do a unified basketball game. Yeah. I do a lot of those. And invariably, in every game, and I've done a lot of them, is a moment that brings a tear to your eye. Oh, yeah. I'll share a story. I met Lewis High School doing a game one day. It was Brunswick. And I'm like, I'm out, out 35 feet from the basket, and the kid literally is right in front of me. And he, he literally throws it towards the basket. I'm like, to myself, that's going to go in. NBA range, boom, nothing but net. The kid took off, sprinted into the bleachers, <laughs> high five nice. every fan, then went down high. And it was, he's on the court, so the game's got to stop. And we just sit there working with Jerry Norton. We both just start laughing, you know, and, and just smiling. And he, he probably, probably took five minutes late. Like like high five everybody. But, you know, how does that not bring a tear to your eye? Sure. When you see kids maybe make their first basket. You know, you see a, a, a kid, child from one team, literally hand the ball to an opponent to allow them to shoot a layup just to have some success. You sure. see the look on their face when the, the crowd cheers. And, you know, we as officials, and I know the – the place that I go, the, the, the administration, we treat it like a varsity game. Now I'll go up yeah. in my full attire, jacket, the whole deal, pregame. Uh, we take it seriously because I think those kids deserve that. Yeah, but things like that, I just it comes to mind, I just share it, and you can either delete it or not. It's, it's up to you completely. It's all good. <laughs> well, I broadcast the yeah, Unified. We yeah, we, we did. We did yeah. the state championship We did the Unified Basketball State Championship. It was at Thomas College yep. last year, and yep. it was uh, yep. it was really oh, good. Oh, it was fun. I didn't quite know what the rules were, but <laughs> it was fun it's, to broadcast, yeah. I'm not sure exactly either. Okay. Jerry and I had the pleasure of doing the first Unified State, Bas- state Championship yeah. game at Lewiston. And now I think it's now they're going to a college venue. It's like a lot of things. Take it to another level. Sure. Those kids deserve that. But, yeah. you know, the, the thing that got me that particular game was we, you know, uh, I think it was Hamden won by two points. So we're walking off the court. Jerry, Jerry and I shake hands. And Jason's running on with a ladder to take down the nets. Oh, yeah. And I, I, I started to cry. I I'm love like, it. you've got to be kidding me. I, love I, it. I mean, I never, never dreamed. That just didn't come into my head. And I'm like, wow. I'm, I'm, I'm. I'm the luckiest man on earth right now. Working with my best friend in that kind of environment, it can't get any better than that. It really can't. So no. Just you know. Yep. It's, it's really. Are great. you doing mostly unified games, or do you do a lot of? No, I, my, my schedule is predominantly varsity games. I mix varsity. and match. Okay. The good thing about the unified games is, yeah, real generally early enough in the afternoon that yeah. if I have a varsity game scheduled that night, I can work later. I know you're uh, focused on you know repping the game, but who are some teams at the varsity level that have really impressed you this year that you've seen? I think Class AA, especially on the boys' side, north and south, is, is very impressive. I've had you know, a number of those games. I mean, uh, anywhere from you look at, uh, I don't even know who's at the top now. Every little in Bangor. Bangor at the top. Very good. Yeah. Uh, I've had Portland, South Portland, Gorham, Barney Eagle. I mean, think you, know, you look at the scores on any given night, everybody's beating everybody else. You look at, you know, there, you know, there are a couple of teams that have really outstanding records, but a lot of them are, you know, three, four, five losses. You know, they, they, a lot of. The game the other night, I had Gorman in, in Bonnie Eagle. 
uh, Barney won at the buzzer. The yeah. Two-point game. And uh, Edward Little won the other night on a three-point shot at the buzzer by a kid. I know you've heard of him. <laughs> but, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's just, it's, just, it's, it's great basketball. I mean, in double, in A, I mean, uh, uh, there, there are some really good teams. I mean, uh, Greeley's very, very talented. Uh, Brunswick's a very, 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 very solid team. I'm very impressed with, quite frankly, with, uh, with Levitt. You know, yes. I, yeah. think, I think the way they showed up the other night against Oxford Hills, mm-hmm. uh, they don't play quite, unfortunately, it's not no one's fault. They play a little bit of a, not quite as strong a schedule mm-hmm. because of their location. But I think, I've told you, I think they've got a great opportunity in, the, in that eight, in that eight tournament. Yes. Uh, there are a, little good, a lot of really, really good teams out there. Gray New Gloucester, very, very good. Wells is very, very good. So I think it's going to be a, an interesting time in February vacation. Absolutely. Yeah. Right now, Bangor is 14-1. and one. Their one loss, though, to Oxford Hills Who's ten and six, and in third place, and Ever Little right there in second and thirteen and two. Those three teams have emerged kind of at the top, but we've seen Oxford Hills play some close games against yeah. Cheveris, and they mm-hmm. lost in overtime to Portland. So I mean, you look, you look yeah. at Ever Little. How many games? And, it, and I, 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 Mike, Mike Adams does a great job. But if you looked at their oh, scores, right. yeah. they could easily have that. They could be right. a five hundred team. Now, again, sure. to their credit, they've won some close games, and that's yeah. awesome. But you know, it, 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 that's how that's how tight. Double A is in the north and the south. There's some really, really good teams and uh, some great coaches, and they're they're, off, they're great events to do. I mean, they all class acts. They coach. We referee. It's a blast. 